he was just like, he goes, have you ever done CrossFit before? And I said, no, but I played football. I played baseball and I'm pretty active. He goes, oh, we'll see. We'll see what you got. <laughs> Cause you know, how many other people come up to him and say like, yeah, I was a high school athlete, you know, here, I know what I'm doing. And then they get crushed in the gym. Probably nine yeah. out of, 99 of a hundred, not even nine out of 10. Probably, probably. Yeah. But I mean, he was, you're the only I mean, one. <laughs> he's a uh, no all the all those guys if it wasn't for them if it wasn't for the uh the group of guys there to to like treat me like that to kind of like get me started and push me then i wouldn't be where i was today the, the nfl stands for not for long second down and goal from just inside the two backs offset sharga and armstead roll out walker still running out looks to the left wide open thompson touchdown Colin Thompson with the touchdown. There was nobody within 20 yards. What of a catch off the bobble. Colin Thompson scoops it up. Lofting quarter of the end zone. It is caught for the touchdown. The first NFL touch for Colin Thompson is a score. Too many words I left to say, so they get left behind. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Not For Long Media, episode 25 with Scott Tetlow. I'm Colin Thompson. That's Justin Ayers. You guys are starting to get familiar with Justin, which is awesome. He does a fabulous job as well as the rest of our team here at Not For Long Media. This week, like I said, Scott Tetlow, CrossFit Games extraordinaire. At one point in time, 17th in the world, 10th in the country, went from just an amateur when he started in 2015 and then Literally, it says here on the on the uh, CrossFit Games website, he was 2,000 plus rated in the world. And then five years later, he finds himself 17th in the world. So goes to show you the type of person that Scott is. He has awesome insight on training, awesome insight on his mental strength, just anything, whether you're an athlete or you're not. Scott has got a great story. He was in the Navy served our country. Thank you so much, Scott, for all you do and everyone else that has served our country or is currently serving. Scott is inspirational and, and really just has a little bit for everybody, not just purely a CrossFit Games type of person. So his wife's in law enforcement. She's a police officer. They have a, they have a child together and they have a just really cool story. So Scott Tetlow, I think you guys are really enjoy that. Um, for those that don't know what CrossFit Games or CrossFit workout is as a form of highly intense interval training. CrossFit is a strength and conditioning workout that is made up of functional movement performed at a high intensity level. These movements are actions that you perform in your day-to-day -day life, like squatting, pulling, pushing, et cetera. Just found that off of Google, nothing special, but just wanted to kind of talk over that. Essentially, it's just the workouts you're doing when you go to the gym, maybe at a higher level and with some time-based principles to it. So it's a brutal workout. Follow Scott on Instagram. We posted him all over Instagram this week. As you guys know, that's what we do. And he's just a moose uh, in the gym. And he's a connection through um, Autumn, who is a social media coordinator for us, chaos coordinator for us. And uh, she uh, she does a wonderful job. And Scott and her work out at the same gym. So I think you guys will love the, the interview with Scott. That's uh, episode 25. So we're chugging along um, uh, with Scott Tetlow. So Justin Ayers, before we get anything, I want to shout out our friends at Wealth Advisory Services. If you don't know them, you should. Paul and Dave, whether it's 401k, retirement, just bouncing questions off of them. The stock market is constantly changing. The landscape is constantly changing. Um, for me, I love talking about the next step, the next level, what to expect moving forward. 
How can I plan with my money, my family's money? I just got married. How can we organize our money, start putting money away for kids, start talking about the little things, the important things. And that's what Paul and Dave do at Wealth Advisory Services. If you don't know them, you should. WealthAdvisoryServices.com, over 100 years of experience in their office. Thank you guys for your support. So let's kick it over to Justin Ayers and this Justin segment. Let's go. All right. So we have three things for this just in for this week. We're going to start on a happy, positive note. If you're a fan of the Philadelphia Phillies, we're recording this on Sunday and the Philadelphia Phillies have just won their eighth game in a row, a complete game two hit 11 strikeout performance by Zach Wheeler. Uh, it, it was a fantastic day. So they're honoring the late, great Roy Halladay. They hung his number 34 in the, uh, they retired his number 34 and Zach Wheeler in his start today, he did, like 22 straight batters he sent them down that was the first time that a Phillies pitcher has done that since Roy Halladay and the last time they won this many games in a row was 2011 and you guessed it Roy Halladay started two of those so it was a very important day uh for for Zach Wheeler and obviously Roy Halladay the great one Doc Halladay um it's it's a great time to be a Phillies fan Colin two and a half games up on the Mets in first place uh you you're a big Phillies guy obviously how excited are you that they're on a roll like this well, shout out to Fitz, uh, loyal listener and, and friend of the podcast. Uh, he's been calling you out via text, Justin. He said, send this to your buddy, Justin. He sent me all the tweets. He's been texting me because he listens. Here's you chirping about the Phillies, me complaining about the Phillies. And you know what? Your chirps are real. Listen, it's not like your chirps are not necessary or not real. Or, But, hey, they made a nice move at the deadline for another pitcher. Bryce Harper's playing like he should be and some probably. Um I think he gets a lot of flack, right? Everyone gets hung up on the dollar signs, but he is what he is. He's always been like what he is right now, a solid, really, really good all-star player. Is he a top 10 player in the league? Probably not. Is he a top 25? Definitely. Um, and he's a stud. Now, can I really watch enough to – am I watching enough during training camp to make opinions based off the team or where they're headed and can they sustain it? No. But I will say this. When the Phillies are good, it makes the summer in Philadelphia, down the Jersey Shore, people all over. Shout out to Fudge Kitchen. We'll get into them in a second. Uh, it makes it more enjoyable because you can watch the Phillies. You could turn the game on. When I was growing up, it was Roy Holiday. It was Cliff Lee. It was Cole Hamels. It was, you know, every day, Roy Oswald, some great pitchers that came through Philly, and it was constantly just ace on the mound, ace on the mound, and then great closers, and then great players. Everyone knows them. Utley, Howard, Rollins. So, um, yeah, it's good for the city. It's really good. The ballpark is packed. Tom McCarthy was on. He was saying it's one of the best ballparks in the league. And I think it was compared to like Boston and Chicago. And I've been to both of them and they're just like another world experience. If you've never been to one, you got to go. So it's great. That ballpark when it gets rocking is awesome. It's great for Tom. If you're a Phillies fan, check out our interview with Tom McCarthy. He's a, he's a radio broadcast. He's the TV broadcaster for Com not used to be Comcast Sportsnet, now Sportsnet. Uh, NBC Sports, excuse me, does a great job. So I digress. Awesome for Philly. Awesome for Philly's fans. It gives me something to watch now. The Olympics are kind of winding down. So I'll be tuning in, flipping the game on. I like listening to the radio. I'm kind of a radio guy now because of my time doing radio and color uh, color commentary on the radio. So, yeah, I'll flip the game on and, and I'm, I'm going to watch now. It's great. I'm, I told Fitzy again, I was texting Fitz today when he was talking smack about you. I said, now I'm dialed in. I haven't been dialed in. He made a great point. He said, they've been poor. They've been average. And they're one of the, you know, and, I'm, and my point with the Phillies is there's no excuse for them to not be a really good team in the NL because of their salary cap. I mean, right. The Nationals are in the same boat. 
you know, and then you're going to go to AL. Obviously, it's a whole different boat financially. But the NL wise, the Phillies need to be a top four team in the entire NL just because of their salary cap. And it's a great place for people to play, um, great place to raise families. So it's a, an attraction for pros. It's not like a negative. So, um, yeah, I'm all over the place, but great for the city of Philadelphia. Um, and, you know, I mentioned the original Fudge Kitchen. Jersey Shore, they go hand in hand. 50 years, celebrating 50 years, the original Fudge Kitchen. They're the best in the business. Check them out online, fudgekitchens.com. Shipping fudge, shipping sweet treats across the country. Check them out in store. Everyone's going to get their vacation in here before school goes back. And then those that go down throughout the fall and the holidays, the Jersey Shore is the best in those, those times anyways. I love it down there then. So check them out, Fudge Kitchens. Shipping sweet treats and fudge, the best fudge that the Carolina Panthers absolutely love, at least the offensive line and the tight ends love. I shouldn't speak for everybody shipping it across the country. So the Phillies, though, Justin, I mean, what are your thoughts? You're a baseball guy. You're dialed in on the NL East. What are your thoughts? First of all, I don't know if I would call myself a Philly hater. I am a DC guy, but I'm, I'm kind of indifferent about the Phillies. I've been to Citizens Bank a lot. So I, I, if I came across as being a Phillies hater, I apologize. We have a big Philadelphia audience. Uh, but the big question when you talk about the Phillies is, can they stay hot? All right. They swept the Mets at home. That's cool. They swept the Nationals, who aren't really trying. One of their other wins in that sweep was the Pirates, who really aren't trying. So I, I, went, I looked at their upcoming schedule for the rest of the month. Brutal. Dodgers are like, I don't think they're in first place, but they're going to be. The Reds are in second place. The Padres are really good. The Tampa Bay Rays are in first place. So this month, you know, the rubber's going to meet the road. And once we get into the dog days of August here, I think we're going to figure out who the real Phillies are. But it is cool that Bryce Harper is hitting everything out of the ballpark. So Yeah, no, that's a great point, right? I Again, I haven't deep dived in enough, and that's why you're the pro, and I'm not the pro at this. I'm, the, I guess, the pro in the field, uh, trying to dial in on that and a little bit less on this. But the Phillies are just fantastic when they're hot, right? That that That's a cool ballpark, and it's a great sports city. So um, they need to just – they just need to stay moving in the right direction. They're going to lose the games. Obviously, they're playing a gauntlet of teams, but – yeah, it's fun. It's great for the city when they're good, and it's a great place to go catch a game. So what else you got for us, Jay? All right, next up, NFL Hall of Fame. So the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2021, obviously it's been announced for a while. Alan Fanica? Alan Fanica, Alan Fanica, Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Flores, Calvin Megatron Johnson, John Lynch, Peyton Manning, my guy, Bill Nunn, Drew Pearson, and Charles Woodson. That is your class. It uh, – the, the, all the ceremonies are going on this weekend, tonight, Sunday nights, when all the speeches are going on. Uh, of course, everybody's looking forward to Peyton Manning. When you listen to this, he will already have given his speech. We have not heard it yet. Uh, but so you know, I'm the world's biggest Peyton Manning fan. He's the reason why I started watching football. He's the reason why I'm a Colts fan. Uh, he's, he's my guy when it comes to this year's Hall of Fame class. But when you, when you hear the other, the other names that I listed off, and you know the first one, I can't pronounce the last name apparently, uh, wait, who stands out to you? No, I mean, who jumps out to you? Um, you know, I, I, it's funny. I grew up watching, you know, the Steelers. My mom's a, a big Steelers fan because uh, a friend, Tim Lewis, coached for the Steelers and went to Steelers games when I was kids. So, yeah, no, I, I was a big uh, – I, I, I watched Alan Fanica, and I know he was a great, a great coach. I'm, I'm kind of all over the place here, guys. Okay, so I want to touch on this, Justin, before we move forward. 2020, uh, Jimmy Johnson got in. Bill Cower got in. I'm just all over the place with it. I'm just trying to figure out the 2020 group. Apologize, folks. For me, like, 
I just, I was confused by there was like Troy Palomalo up there and I thought he wasn't in, but Hey, who stands out to me? It's Peyton Manning. That's the bottom line, right? Like as a kid, there's no better person to watch on Sunday afternoons. I've said it before on this podcast than Peyton Manning going down the field, tic-tac-toe, boom, you know, they're going to get out there. You know, Vinatieri is going to bang it through, you know, Marvin Harrison or Reggie Wayne or Dallas Clark or Edwin James or Joseph Adai is going to make a big play. I just, it's in, it's just in my mind. I'll never forget that the rest of my life. He was my first true fandom for a person in the NFL was probably Peyton Manning because just, he was just a surgeon, an absolute surgeon. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 he, he, he's gotta be it. I know that's probably chalk and I know, you know, that's, that's, you know, it is what it is. I just think it, it's the first one that comes to your mind. You know, Alan Fanica, I mentioned him. He was like, it's so cool for these guards to get in these, you know, these, these interior guys to get in. I think that's so cool. Um, it's so fantastic. Uh, let's see John Lynch, right. We can talk we can touch on all of them a little bit. The ones that I know, right. Like you watch his hits. They're not illegal today, period. You could, I don't know if John Lynch can play in the NFL today. I mean, obviously, some people are like, well, he was a great player. Listen, he is a great player, but he had to change his game completely because he was like Brian Dawkins, man. He just absolutely laid people out, and he was great. He was a ball hawk. Oh, the ball was always in his hands, I feel like, in interceptions, and that was right at the beginning of my era of watching, you know, when they, when they won a Super Bowl with the Bucs there. And obviously, he's done a marvelous job with the Niners and, and their team and took him to a Super Bowl pretty early um, in his career. Um, Calvin Johnson, I mean, someone put a video picture up today. I forget who it was, but someone tweeted a picture today, and it was um, two players guarding Calvin Johnson on the goal line, one on the outside, one on the inside, kind of like a punt cover where they got two guys on each side and they're vicing them. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, he's – you know, everyone complains about people going out on their own terms, like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, Andrew Luck, right? Get out while you can and you have your health if you can, and you achieved everything you want to achieve in this game. Um, and he did, and he's one of the best of all time. Charles Woodson goes without saying, the guy's one of the best safeties ever. He did it forever, and he always played the game at a high level. And, and as the older he got, he still played it at a high level. He still was around the ball. So, um, you know, I'm touching on everybody here, but there's so many really good ones, and, and that's the best part about the NFL Hall of Fame. It's the elite of the elite. Like Zach Thomas, these people are vouching for Zach Thomas last night, which I think is so cool. His numbers are better than Erlacher's which I think is pretty crazy and staggering to think about because Erlacher's got really ridiculous numbers. So, yeah. Anybody stick out for you, Justin, other than for uh, Peyton Manning? Um, so a lot of these guys were a little bit before when I started watching, uh, but obviously Megatron Johnson is, you know, fantasy, fantasy legend. If you can get Calvin Johnson in the first round of any fantasy football draft, you were, you were going to win your league because uh, that guy was a machine. Him and Matty Stafford up there in Detroit put up numbers every day. Um, I remember Charles Woodson a little bit with the Packers. I think he was with them the year they won the Super Bowl. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's, it's my guy, Peyton Manning. There's he's, he's the highlight of it. And you brought up something that I thought was really interesting is that the NFL hall of fame, it's a small class and it's kind of, you know, the elite of the elite, which I think is great because some of the other hall of fames, like I know the, the basketball hall of fame is a little more, you know, open in terms of who they let in major league baseball is the most strict out of all of them. But I like the fact that pro football hall of fame, you get a whole weekend, you get to celebrate the careers of all these guys, uh, especially my guy, the sheriff number 18. So, Man. uh, glad, glad you sent that my way. Yeah. The sheriff, man, oh, he was just unbelievable. And and it's really cool seeing Tom Brady come out and pay his respects. You know, he doesn't have to do that. 
they already publicly have a ton of respect for each other. They're friends. Um, but paying respect to players, that's the number one thing. Like, it's great. There's people there cheering for you, and that's really cool, and there's adrenaline to that. But, like, peer-to-peer recognition is fantastic, and and there's nothing like it. But, hey, there's nothing like our friends over at Cape May Brewing Company. Check out their website. I've been saying that the last couple of weeks because their website is awesome. It shows the events they're having. It shows where their beer is going to be featured in different states. They have their beer featured in a bunch of different states at all these different tastings, but you can get the beer anywhere in Pennsylvania, Jersey, and Delaware. That's the eastern part of PA. If you're down the shore and you're you're heading to Cape May, you're heading to Seattle, or you're heading to Ocean City, and you want to swing by the brewery and pick up beer on the way, you can do that. You also can pick up beer in any distributor, but if you want to get the, the, the stuff from the actual um, – you know, distributor itself at Kate May Brewing Company and their boutique and their store, you can do that. You can get all their samples and their tastings and their latest beers that aren't even in stores yet. You can get it all there from Kate May Brewing Company, one of the largest and most accessible tasting rooms in the state. Again, purchase in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Delaware. I love their clothing. Really cool koozies. They have just awesome like coffee mugs and like just really cool stuff that we have in our house at home. And I uh, love supporting a local business in Cape May that does it the right way. Cape May Brewing Company. Check them out. Awesome social media as well. What else you got, Justin? All right. So on ju- this, Justin, we've been following the ongoing saga of college football, conference realignment, the, the fallout from Oklahoma and Texas, their impending move to the SEC. And I thought this was really interesting. And this is kind of a new wrinkle to this whole thing was I saw the commissioners from the Pac-12 conference and the Big 12 conference are going to meet this week. Uh, to discuss a potential working relationship, whether that be a merger or a schedule alliance. Uh, so obviously everybody's reeling from the news from the Oklahoma and Texas, uh, you know, leaving the conference in the, in the coming days. Um, it, it's, it's really interesting because all these other smaller schools in the Big 12 are realizing that, oh my God, once these two guys leave, it's, it's not going to be the same. And I, I found this, uh, the article had a really good point. They said in 2018 and 2019, Texas and, and Oklahoma averaged 3.2 and 3.8 million viewers for their games. And everybody in the everybody else in the Big Twelve averaged uh, eight hundred eighty six thousand. So, th- when you think about uh, carrying the weight of uh, the entire conference, those two schools once they're out, it's going to be insane. Um, what, what would you, what do you think about a, a Big Twelve Pac twelve uh, merger schedule alignment? Like, does that does that excite you? Would that would that help these two struggling conferences? It does not excite me one bit. I'll just be completely honest with you. For me, what held the Big Twelve up was Oklahoma and Texas, and now that they're gone, then even Baylor and Coach rules there. No disrespect to what's going on there. I really don't follow the program now. I know that with COVID, everyone had a down year. Um, I just, I don't know. Nothing excites me in the Big 12 other than those two big brands. Now that they're gone and they joined the best conference in all sports, you know, in all of, all of college, at least when it comes to football and a quality basketball conference as well. You know, someone was making debate too, like, oh, you know, the basketball won't be as good in SEC. Well, so what? Now it got a lot better. You know, Texas is a solid program. Oklahoma is a solid program. Obviously, you got Kentucky and South Carolina's made some run. Florida's made some run. So that's a solid banner built. You know, they're, you know, they're not as good as they used to be, but they have some good teams. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of off the wall with that on the SEC talk. But to me, that does not excite me of like TCU versus like Arizona State. Like that doesn't, you know, no respect to those schools. Like I went to Temple. Like I didn't go to a big powerhouse. Like I, you know, like Temple versus like Tulane. That doesn't excite people either. I get it, you know, and that's, I'm a part of it. I did it. So 
you know, but it, there's, there's a need for it. Sure. If you want to combine them and everything's good, that's fine. But, but for me, what excites me would be like, you know, them joining the American athletic conference and I'm biased because I'm an American athletic conference guy and it'd be better for the American. It would be for the big 12, but the American athletic conference has massive cities, Houston, Dallas, Orlando, Tampa, Annapolis, Maryland, the capital, capital of Maryland, Philadelphia, massive city, obviously top four sports market, top five sports market in the country, huge, huge brands, small college towns, ECU, Tulsa, uh, Tulane, you have New Orleans, another big city. So you add the big 12 and you got a, you know, an SMU versus a TCU, you know, you're now all of a sudden you have a, that power five, the American bumps into the power five. And I'm biased. So that you asked what intrigues me. That's what intrigues me. Um, you know, I just don't know. I mean, what do you think? I don't think it doesn't. I mean, I love Stanford's program. Obviously, USC and Oregon, and there's some great programs in the Pac-12. And there's some great ones in the Big 12, too. And I'm not taking direct shots at any certain program. I just think when you lose those two powers, it's just hard. It's just hard. They know it. You know, they're, they're just tied to Texas. They're tied to Oklahoma. And without them, it's not the same. I just think it's so interesting that each of these two conferences, like it, it kind of actually makes sense if you think about it, them joining forces, because what does the Big 12 need right now? They need a life preserver because they're dying. Because once they're once their two powerhouse schools leave, they're basically dead. They're dead in the water. They're not a power five anymore. And if on the flip side, what does the Pac-12 need? They need more like 12 p.m. Eastern start times. They need to have, uh, you know, they experimented with this last year in 2020 with COVID. There was like a USC game on Fox at noon which their, their time, it was like 9 a.m. So I'm sure they didn't like that. But, you know, expanding their scope of reach to the, more towards the eastern side of the country, the East Coast sports bias, I think that would actually make a lot of sense. And even if it's not a merger, even if it's just a schedule um, alignment, I think getting them outside the Pacific time zone is going to be crucial uh, because, you know, as much as I love Pac-12 after dark, staying up till like 2 in the morning watching, you know, USC take on Arizona State, I think it would be great to have it in a, you know, a decent hour. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, what also makes a lot of sense to me is Shots and Giggles Key West, the best locals bar in Key West, right on the corner of Ann and Green Tree, right behind Sloppy Joe's. Check out their website. Check out their Facebook. They have beer and drink specials all week long. Tell Steve, tell Hanya, the owners, locals that own the bar in Key West. These are people that are, you know, living somewhere else and are, you know, collecting rent from somebody or whatever. These people that live, they work, they breathe, they, they support locals down there. They employ locals and it's really a fun, great locals bar, NFC East bar. We talked about the East coast bias, NFC East, great football. And they're watching those games on Sundays. They're watching every game. They got the Sunday ticket. They got the potluck situation going and in the back there on Sundays. It's a great NFL town. Key West is not a lot of people know that. But an awesome place to watch NFL games. No better place to watch them than Shots and Giggles in Key West, Florida. Check them out. Tell Steve and Hanya that us and Not For Long Media sent you. So I, I agree, Justin. I, I think to me, whatever they do is fine, right? There's always going to be backlash. There's always going to be blowback. There's always going to be, you know, it was better this way. It was better that way. You're right. It was. It always was, right? But you don't appreciate something probably till it's gone. So if the Pac-12 Pac goes to the East Coast time zone, then there's no games for us to watch at 10 o'clock at night. You know, there's no for these us East coast folks for now, you know, so I, it's, it's, what's the ideal thing. The big 10 stays the big 10, the American 
who bleeds into their country, the Big 12 a little bit, takes them. And now literally the American has from Philadelphia, well, really from, let's see, what's the northernmost, from Philadelphia down the coast of Florida across to Texas. The SEC has the true south. And then west, obviously, now into Texas. You know, the Pac-12 stays where they are, the Mountain West. I think you can maybe join the Mountain West into these things, but who knows? It's all money. It's all finances way above, um, you know, our head. What are your thoughts on, like, Notre Dame or these big schools, like, dropping what they're doing, like, on the dime and joining the Big Ten? I mean, for Notre Dame, I think it'd be dumb financially. There's no need for them to do that. Plus, it they made, made sense. It just never made sense why Notre Dame didn't have a conference for for football. Like it, so much money, is, man. There's almost so like Texas. Texas could be an independent. They don't because Texas lifts that conference up, right? Mm-hmm. And those Big Ten, oh, the big. So the Big Ten, a lot of people. Sorry to cut you off, but you know, no. Finish your point, and then I'll talk. Well, no, it's just like I, I think that you know the the way the future is. I think at one point, like I think conferences are just going to become we're going to be one super conference. I think that's kind of what we're already headed towards with the SEC picking up all these other people. So the fact that Notre Dame just, just you know, they're indifferent about the whole thing is, is mind-blowing. I think BYU is also another independent, um, you know, so shout out to Cougars there. But Yeah, that's your um, team. That's your team. I, 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 I just BYU. think – I know you do. Yeah, and they're, they, they are a tough bunch of guys. They play really hard. So I, it's, it's, it's a great – it's a great debate, right? What's the perfect situation? You know, do you expand the – do you expand March Madness? I love for people's comments on this. Just shoot us a comment on Twitter or something or on this YouTube below. You know, let us know your thoughts on this. Let us know what you think it should be. You know, should it be a Sweet 16? Should we do a Mark Madness situation? I mean, hey, let's do it. If you think it's going to be great, I just say beware because these big dog teams are going to get people hurt, literally. You know, you're playing App State versus Alabama. You, you have state kids, you get your hands full and it's no disrespect to that place. It's just a different, every kid's a five-star, every kid's an NFL type size player. Um, you know, so I'm for it. I really am. I just, how do you make it work? How do you make it work financially? How do you make it work for the safety of the player? How do you make it work for everyone included travel logistics? There's a lot going on big. I think Notre Dame should stay exactly where they are, whether I think it's right or right or wrong. They make so much money. Why would they want to go to a conference and then divvy that money up to other people? It makes sense to me not to, you know, if I'm a business. And then something about the Big Ten that a lot of people don't know, or maybe they do, is the Big Ten Network, they own independently. So everyone gets a piece of the Big Ten Network. So that Big Ten Network, you know, say Penn State gets 20 million, Illinois gets 20 million, Northwestern gets 20 million. The SEC Network is owned by ESPN. Now, I think the schools get a percentage, but they don't get that big percentage like the big 10 do. So there's a lure to go to the big 10 for money, but I don't know who would be qualified enough to go there. Maybe BYU could be a team. They're too far West, but really West. So who knows? It's always a great debate. It's always a great debate. Hey guys, check out our friends. A few will hunt. We are diverse global community that is made up of real people doing real hard work. Check them out. Few will hunt.com. I love their product. Our team and not for long media got some few will hunt swagger and it's just a high quality piece of clothing. Justin got some AB, the team, AB loves it. I'm sure she showed some to Scott Tetlow down there because they just had them an awesome product. I love their banners, their banners and their sayings are so cool. I have one right here on my desk that I look at every single morning. They just have great sayings. They have great kind of grittiness, 
toughness, if you're a hardworking person, you need a little motivation. If you want to work on your diet, if you want to work on your nutrition, if you want to work on just your daily attack plan, I love that. You can join their newsletter. Um, and, and they're big in the, the, the CrossFit, the UFC community. Um, I'm loving what they're doing. So it's, um, it's a really cool company that we've aligned with. And that's our friends over at Few Will Hunt. Check them out, fewwillhunt.com. So maybe a training camp up update, Justin, as we finish up. That sound good? Yeah. So let's see. What are we? I mean, it's a, it's we're recording today on a Sunday, August eighth, and this will come out on the tenth, uh, Tuesday. Um, for us in Carolina, we have um, another practice um, uh, tomorrow, Monday. Practice Tuesday, and then we go off to uh, Indianapolis, which will be really cool. Uh, fly out Wednesday, practice against them Thursday, Friday, and then we play them on Sunday. And then, uh, which will be great, awesome opportunity. I'm excited for that, for that challenge. And then fast forward that next week, Justin will be down. Not for long media will be here. Um, by the time the next episode comes out, is that true? Yeah. I think technically. Yeah. Technically. So, um, it's really exciting. It's really exciting stuff. Justin's going to be here for the Ravens practice. Like I said, we've had a lot of people in the Ravens, you know, Ravens fans, Baltimore DMV area that are, uh, that are, um, you know, fans of our podcast. So it worked out great for Justin to cover it and uh, give people an inside look of what's going on here and uh, a lot of exciting stuff, man. So I'm excited. It's been fun. It's been competitive. Uh, I'm really excited about our team. I'm excited for what's going on in the future with, our, with this team. Obviously, we have some really star player, really good star players like a Christian McCaffrey. He looks great. He looks healthy um, and, and just a lot of fun stuff going on. I love I love playing for this this team, this organization. It's first class, and, and I'm blessed to be here. So, um, and they let me, you know, I'm allowed to do things like this too, which is really cool. And that's that's not normal everywhere. So, I'm very blessed, and and I'm I'm very lucky, and I'm also blessed to go to work with you guys every day, Justin. I always give you guys a shout out, and you guys deserve it, Justin, Autumn, Dion, Esty. Man, the team keeps growing. I gotta keep get the names going. I got we got all the sponsors going. So, we're lucky. We we have a, we have a great great team. And uh, a lot of fun stuff going. So I'm rambling on tonight. I rambled on about the uh, Hall of Fame stuff, which is such a cool thing that's going on in the world of football. And the NFL does it right. I've been able to play in the Hall of Fame game before, which was a really unique experience. Ray Lewis and Brian Urlacher literally were shaking all of our hands before the game, which was such a cool thing. That may be the first autograph that I ever went up to for a player and said, can you sign this for me? I had my, uh, we got a, you know, we got a, whatever it is, not the brochure. What is it? When you go to your seat and they got the, uh, you go into a ballpark and you can buy them program. Mm -hmm. They had the program in there and it was right on the front cover and Brian Urlacher. And I went up to Mr. Brian Urlacher. I'm like, Hey man, I'm sorry, but can you sign this for me? And he signed it for me. So he had no problem. It, once I saw like two or three players do it, I'm like done, I'm doing it. And they were like high profile guys. So it was cool. So the hall of fame game is really unique situation, a great opportunity for younger guys like myself to get on tape and also experience the hall of fame. And then the hall of fame, the NFL hall of fame is incredible. Um, side note too, when I'm rambling on, as we go on into the night here, one of my favorite, one of the really cool thing, if you're playing the hall of fame game, you'll always be in the basement of the hall of fame. You can always take your kids and show you that your name and you play in the NFL. And, you know, so you'll technically always be in the hall of fame and you not be a hall of fame player, but you always will be in the hall of fame, which I think is really, really unique in a first class approach, uh, by the NFL. So that's it for me, Justin, anything for you as we wrap up? No, I uh, when you when you went up to get autographs, I thought you were on the team when uh, when Erlacher was there, and I was like, wait, no, you weren't. You weren't on the Bears when he was there. No, our linebackers then were um, Danny Trevathan. 
Yeah, Danny Fetriathan was one of there. Roquan Smith was not there yet. Roe was not there yet, but they had, you know, they all they got some studs. They they really do. So that does it for us, guys. Episode 25, Scott Tetlow. Shout out to our sponsors, Wealth Advisory Services, Kate May Brewing Company, the original Fudge Kitchen, Shots and Giggles, Fuel Hunt, and our friends over at Actions Over Words. Check them out, guys. We appreciate your support. Scott Tetlow, episode 25. Well, awesome. We got we got the man. We got the man of the CrossFit Games uh, joining us. Is that true? Is that is that? Uh, I qualified one time uh, during the uh, 2020 Open, which actually took place in 2019. I qualified through the Open, which was finished in top 20 in the world on the online qualifier. You finished 17th, right? Correct. 17th. Yep. Yeah. 17th. Now, I mean, that's see to me, that's unreal. Right. But like, were you pissed through 17th and not first? I mean, obviously a little bit, but at the end of the day, you're probably like, that's a huge jump. Um, I was ecstatic that I was 17th because okay. the year before that, I was like, uh, I think I finished in the two, around 200. And the year before that, I was like 180 something. So for me to make that much improvement in a year, uh, what I was, I was stoked to be 17th because I wasn't even expecting that. Well, we're not going to talk about that stuff. That's not, that's the boring <laughs> stuff. We're going to talk about the important stuff that you're a Carolina Panther fan. Tell me about that, man. You're from born, North Carolina? From North Carolina. Uh, I was born in uh, Pinehurst, North Carolina, and lived about, I don't know which direction it was, but I lived in a little town called West End. That's where I grew up from the time that I was 18 years old, and I grew up watching the Panthers. And, yep, till this day, no matter what, they're the best in the uh, in the South. Uh, in the South. I love it, man. You have a favorite player over the years that you like to watch? Um, you know, I'm a huge fan of Christian McCaffrey. I can never get him on my fantasy team because he goes. I'm, I'm horrible at drafting anyways. But uh, I was a big uh, D'Angelo Williams fan growing up. Uh, so, and then also Greg Olson was uh, was a man. Are you are you filling his? Are you are you taking his role because he retired, right? Yeah, I'm definitely not taking his role by any means. But I'm on the team. I am a tight end. Um, no, no, I'm not taking his role. We have some guys that are going to be fill his shoes a little bit better. I'll do a few things that Greg does. Okay. Definitely not in the receiving game. Try to, uh, the opportunities may not be there as much for some other players that run a little bit better. I'll just say that. <laughs> um, so Panthers fan, D'Angelo Wilson, Williams, big three, four, there were some good years there. I mean, my first yeah. game I remember watching was, uh, we're similar. I'm 27, you're 28. First game I remember watching was the Lone and the Panthers first Brady in the Super Bowl that's the first NFL oh, game I remember I, rem I remember that I was in I think I was in the seventh grade yeah. or eighth grade or something like that and I went over to a friend's house and I ended up having to leave early I ended up having to leave early and I was just like super disappointed that was my first time because I remember that's when Steve Smith and they went into overtime to qualify and Steve Smith caught like that 50-yard pass to uh to win the game I was like yeah, I was so pumped because that's the first that was like the first time the Panthers actually made it to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Ice up, oh, son. Man. Ice up. That's his quote. Ice up, son. Ice up. I think that's, a great, <laughs> that's the greatest spontaneous quote I've ever. I mean, yeah. I'm sure. It's a little pre 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 recorded, predetermined. So so mm -hmm. Panthers fan, I love it. You're from North Carolina. Pinehurst. You, are you a golfer? Uh, I, I try. I'm not good. Yeah, but never mind. But. I, I, I mean, I get I get the ball to the green by par. And by doing that, I'm happy. 
So I tried to, I'm thinking about taking, if I have some free time, I like to get some lessons because of, um, yeah. Cause I went out and played with my buddies and I only, I'm only good through nine after that, yeah. after the back nine, I'm nope, not good. I used to work at Pinehurst actually. No way. Now so, what yeah, was your experience working there? What'd you do? Uh, I was a cart attendant and it was awesome. I got to drive carts around. I got to collect golf balls. And, uh, and when the people were nice enough, they'd let me get some free beer out of the cart because <laughs> they'd leave it because they was just leftover. So no, it was a, it was a good experience. I got to play some of the courses down there. Uh, I was when Pinehurst number two was actually going through uh, construction when I worked there. So I played course number one and I think course number three. So, I mean, just to get out there and be able to play on Pinehurst is, uh, is pretty cool. Yeah, we we bought it's an awesome place. I went for the first time before we left for our summer little five week break here, but I mm -hmm. played with a few guys from the Panthers and we played course number one, which was really cool. Yeah. And I played the best golf I've ever played in my entire life. I didn't lose a ball, which is an absolute miracle. <laughs> it is a more than a miracle. The miracle on ice has nothing on this miracle. I didn't lose a ball and played okay. Broke a hundred yeah. and had a lot of fun. And it was it's such a great time. Shout out to Jack Nance and the people. Uh, over there it was really cool so no I, I loved it i was blown away how laid back the place was like mm -hmm. i i thought i was going to go there and we had to be all tucked in and everything had to be like walking tall and proper and right it was laid back i really enjoyed it i thought that was the most unique thing that i took away from it i didn't expect whatsoever yeah it's uh it's the clubhouse there's awesome the uh the pro shop's awesome it's yep. the, it's 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 just a neat place and i mean yeah it's an experience yeah. for golfer you you should definitely that's one spot you need to definitely golf at no doubt we played the par three barefoot uh after a rainstorm with some drinks and some cigars and did a little <laughs> putting contest on the mini putt thing so yeah no yep. for no free ads we're giving an ad to pinehurst here so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> appreciate you guys taking care of us um so we'll talk about ads you probably have some partners that you work with i know a few but you have some partners that you work with uh you know how did those relationships start in crossfit games and and who takes care of you who sponsors you so, uh, so first off, the uh, 10,000 clothing company, they're the, they're a uh, clothing company. That's actually, they're known for their shorts and they have the, their liners. They have interval shorts, session shorts, and, uh, foundation shorts. And they are, their stuff is awesome. Like I've never felt more comfortable in them, especially when I'm doing my workouts. My slogan for them is I've never felt more comfortable being uncomfortable in a workout. So, um, so yeah, their stuff's great. They're, they have liners inside. I like, I like to wear them whenever they're doing the, uh, when I'm doing like a lot of machine work, cause I have, I have really big legs, short legs, but really thick legs. So a lot of times the, uh, liners or compression shorts will start to rise it up. So, uh, they actually stay in place. So, which is nice, but yeah, 10,000 clothing company. And then, uh, FNX fitness, they get, gets my supplements through them. They have all natural ingredients. So it really helps me out with uh, maintaining uh, a good, healthy body weight and fueling me for long training days. What do you do supplement wise? Right. That's always a big question. You know, you get from Ammon Drafts, I'm sure you get it from other people, obviously. And we're going to get into your diet. Right. Diet is everything. I'm assuming that's how you live by, but also some supplements. What are some of the supplements you take? So I take a pre-workout. This uh, it's called the recharge from them, but it's pre workout. Just gives me that extra little bit of caffeine that I need. I do use it mostly for like my strength training because when I do high intensity training, I'm trying to lower the heart rate as much as I can. So it's not really the best thing. Uh, I do creatine at night, and then I do a protein after my 
after each session, I try to do, I do a protein shake with about 30 grams of protein and a carbohydrate shake, which is about 50 grams of carbohydrates. So they're, uh, it's the powdered carbohydrates. So it's fast absorbent and yeah. it just helps, helps me recover faster. And then every now and then I'll drink some uh, branch chain amino acids, mostly just because I get tired of the flavor of plain water. So it's just spiced up my life a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's like so programmed to me, the plain water grind, like anybody who knows me is like crazy about water. Like in college, if we were walking around a campus at temple without our gallon water jug, which I literally have right here next right. to me for those that can see it. Like we had to have 6am workout punishment workout in the morning. Like they were dead serious <laughs> about hydration and it was good because it taught me some really strong habits, you know? And I think that's one thing that athletes don't even think about is like your hydration level. Cause we have like, I coach high school. I've coached all levels, obviously I'm playing in all levels too. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you tack your day hydration wise? Cause that's a really struggle. You got to get up early. You're going to bed. You got kids, you have all these different things. And I think hydration is one thing that's all lost in this whole, whole thing. Obviously not for you, but for, you know, the average athlete or even someone trying to be better. Right. So, uh, so high, so hydration, I wake up, I'm a coffee guy. I like to drink coffee in the morning. Absolutely. Um, don't talk to me until you, until I drink my coffee. <laughs> uh, but I try to, I have like this thing that if I want my coffee, I have to slam 20 ounces of water first before I get it. Cause that'll start hydrating the body, get the body moving and everything, get the metabolism going. And then I try to, I don't really have, I know some people have those, like those, you see those big jugs that have like 7am, 8am, 9am, you're doing it. You're doing it so well. You're hydrating. I don't try to do that. I try to drink one 20 ounce liter of water about every two hours. And then that way it keeps, keeps me going. So a lot of times at work, I'll just be walking around and I'll just take sips just to keep, just to, uh, to try to stay hydrated. I stop drinking water though, or I try to stop drinking about two to three hours, two hours before bed, because I don't want that to interrupt my sleep by waking up and just, you know, Oh, I got to use the bathroom every two hours, three hours, because then, then that'll, yeah, that'll interrupt my sleep, which is not good for recovery. Yeah. Sleep's the number one thing. How all these yep. young kids that I work with that are just, you know, what can I do? I'm like sleep, you need to relax. Mm -hmm. Cause everyone, especially in the summer, I live in the Jersey shore and Cape may and like every, all the kids are all just off days. You know, I, we put a lifting program together with the football staff and it's, it's a good one. It's three days a week and it's, it's great for high school athletes. It's fantastic, mm -hmm. but they go play basketball all weekend. They, and it just nullifies it. I'm like, guys, you got to eat. So it's fun. I've been doing the weight gain thing. We get the peanut butter and jellies rolling tremendously. But oh, for yeah. you, yeah, chocolate milks, the whole nine. So, but for you, weight gain wise, right? Or weight, where's your weight at? Where do you want it to be? Is there something that you address at the end of every year? Like at the end of every season, I'm like, hey, I want to play a little two pounds heavier, two pounds lighter. Um, where are you at with your weight and where do you want it to go? So I fluctuate between 173 and one and one like 173 and 178. That's about my five pounds of fluctu uh, fluctuation right there. I would like to. I'm five foot three, so I'm a much shorter athlete. I would and I I would like my weight to be up closer to 185. However, I've noticed that whenever my weight gets a little bit heavier, I start to move a little bit slower. But I feel better whenever I'm lifting and I feel stronger. So I'm trying to figure out how to do that how to put on more weight but also be able to move as move as efficient as i do now at a lighter weight um as far as you know i i to be honest with you i don't really w work with a coach or anything i have a buddy that that kind of helped me out with getting my macros on count 
which was way more than I was initially eating. He even told me, he goes, dude, I can't even believe you are doing what you're doing with what I'm eating. Cause, and still today I struggle with getting enough calories in my body to even, I, so I just got this, I'm not, I just got this whoop, um, this yeah. whoop thing. They're whoop. cool. Yeah. So I just started wearing one because, uh, 10,000 wanted us to wear one before this training camp that I just went to this past week up in Denver. And I, so they wanted us to wear it to start, Hey, it takes like four to five days to get it, to get it straightened out. And then I didn't realize how many calories a day I was burning on like a solid training day. I'm burning close to 4,000 calories a day. Yep. And I'm like, I don't even think I'm, I'm eating half of that. Or like, I don't even think I'm eating three quarters of that. So just having that information can, Oh man, that just knowing that how much, how much calories you burn, it's not exact, I'm sure, but it's a rough estimate can just give you a good starting figure of where you need to be at as far as calorie intake and macro and what kind of macro macros you need routine for you, right? We all have our routines. Um, you know, you're preparing for events in, in a distance, right? Or you're preparing for an event now, but what's your basic day-to-day routine I know you're probably up early and you're trying to get to bed early too. Yeah. Uh, so my routine is I wake up, I wake up in the morning and depending on, depending on what my training looks like for that week, I try to do something monostructure, whether it's running, rowing, biking, or ski or doing the skiers, something monostructural in the morning um, to knock out one session. Uh, and then in, at lunch and then I'll go to work. I'm in the Navy, so I still work. I still work a full-time job, and so I work from about six thirty to eleven, and then eleven to one is I'll go in uh, and do my strength session. I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have a gym right downstairs um, from where I work, so it's convenient, and I'm able to get a, a good two-hour lifting session there. And then after, and then I'll go back to work, finish out the day, and then afterwards I will go back to the gym for about another two hours, two to three hours, depending on that. And I still, I'm looking to, I used to have a home gym. So I would train a lot at home because of my family, but I'm up for transfer here soon, moving back down South. So my wife and my son already lived down there. And um, so right now I, I have the afternoons open, but whenever they, whenever I move back down there and I have family time that I'll start doing majority of my workouts at home. And then in between pieces, you know, I'll go outside, throw a baseball with my son or something. Because each piece is only like, is only like 20 minutes, at maximum 30 minutes long. So then you need some time to recover about 30, 40, 30 minutes between each piece. And then before you hit another one. So, so having, I have, I like to have a home gym just to allow me to be at home with my family while still being able to train, especially if, uh, especially if I don't get all my pieces in, then once my son goes to bed, and I'll tell my wife, Hey, babe, I know you, I know you want me to hang out, but I got, I got like 20 minutes. Let me just go out there and bust this real quick out. And she'll be like, really? I go, it's for a good cause. <laughs> so depending if she's depending on if she's okay with it or whatever, then I'll go out there and do that. Um, but yeah, that's my, that's my day. I'm usually in bed by nine, nine thirty every night. Love that. Yeah, that's the grind, man. I love it. And I'm sure you got the meal preps going throughout the day. I uh, love that grind. Yeah, I, yeah, meal preps I try to do on Sundays. If, if, I'm, if I'm lucky, I'm like, the food doesn't go bad by Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's always tough. No, I yeah. think, you know, it, it's such a grind. I can only imagine 
uh, especially having a son. You talk about your wife. She's a, yes. new, a new police officer. Congrats to her. Thank you for yes, her service is. as well. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, she's uh, it's been a long time talking about it, and she finally she finally did it. Good for so, her. Where's she, where's she out of? She's uh, out of Slidell Police Department in uh, Louisiana. Awesome. How's she liking mm-hmm. it so far? She loves it. She yeah. uh, it's long hours. It is long hours, but uh, but she was like, I this job is awesome. It's never it's never the same. So she and I she yeah she loves it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's so cool. That's it's, it's hard. Really- it's hard. It's hard work, she says, but especially since she's she's kind of in the uh, she's in her new phase. Like so, she's still being assessed and trained, but she's actually like doing the job instead of going through the uh, the the pre selection training. I guess you could say, but uh, so she's still being assessed and in the learning phase yeah. under instruction, but she's loving it. She's in the training camp phase, which we're about to hit, which is no fun, but the work phase, this in-season phase is fun. Uh, <laughs> you got, you got to make it fun. Of course. I need mean, yeah. you do training, no doubt about it. So you brought, we brought up the Navy. We talked about mm-hmm. the Navy. I'm a big Navy guy, beat army. Everybody knows that listens to the podcast. I love Annapolis, Maryland. You didn't go through Annapolis, but you just enlisted. Uh, so talk about, uh, the process of entering the Navy uh, and maybe some, some journeys that it's taken you and, and why you wanted to serve the country. Yeah. Uh, so it started when I was 17, I graduated high school. I didn't actually fill out any college applications because school was school. Wasn't my thing. And I was kind of partying a lot. And I, my parents, my parents sat down, my parents had to sit me down and have a talk with me like hey you know what are you gonna do and I finally decided to I was like you know I'm gonna join the military one of my good buddies growing up was joining the marines and I was like I was like hey I'm gonna join the marines I think I was like he and I were gonna join the marines together and my dad like I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't join the marines but uh my dad was like no you're gonna talk to all four branches of the military and you're gonna make the decision if that's the route you want to go you're gonna you're going to make, you're going to listen to what everyone has to say. And then after that, you can make your decision. So after talking to all the recruiters, I decided to join the Navy. Uh, my uncle was in the Navy. My grandfather was in the Navy. So I kind of was like, all right, let's, let's go into the Navy. And I joined in 2011. I shipped out when I was 18 years old. So, um, so yeah, I've been in for a little over 10 years. I'm halfway over the mark now to a full on career. And it's taken me to 14, 14 other countries, uh, majority, yeah, 14 other countries. And it's given me friends. And, uh, you know, I've learned, I've definitely matured a lot from being in the Navy. I remember getting out of boot camp and my mom was like, just, we're at breakfast. I'm I'm eating breakfast. And she like, I go, mom, why, what's wrong? She goes, I just can't believe how actually squared, like, how squared away you are now you're such a different person and i'm just like she's like she couldn't believe it how much changed but um so yeah definitely helped me grow up a lot faster and so then i went down to i was in san diego for about two years and then i moved down to mississippi louisiana area for was down there for about seven years and now i'm up at uh great lakes uh, being fulfilling a instructor role up here. That's awesome, man. Bouncing around. Thank you yeah. so much for your service. Uh, oh, thank you. Boot camp. Where was that at? It was in Great Lakes. Yeah. 
up here. So it's I was fortunate enough to not go through the winter time. I was yeah. I went through around the April April to July phase, or yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we were in Cape May is where the Coast Guard's at. So okay, you can hear them marching every Sunday, rolling through town, man. Cold in the winter time, like February is blowing uh, like 30, 40 miles an hour. It's like twenty degrees and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the wind they could like the windy city here. I swear, if I I walk outside, I'm like I moved up here from Louisiana. Yeah, the like humid as can be, hot doesn't like seventy degrees is January. To this winter was a pretty rough winter. It got down to like negative fifteen real feel or something like that. And I'm like, this is horrible. I don't know who wants to live here. No, no. I mean, I'm from up in the Northeast. I'm kind of used to it by now, but everyone says you're used to it. doesn't mean you enjoy it, but yes, you're right. used to it. Um, so did the Navy blend into the CrossFit stuff? How did that work? So I was on a, okay. I was on a deployment and it was my first deployment and I was with one of my buddies and one of our, we set like a deployment goal just to kind of like help pass the time, something to focus on. And, um, other than like what the job is over there. So, you know, our goal was to have, we'd never, none, neither of us have had a six pack. So we're like, all right, let's get a six pack. Let's do it. And so we, we worked really, really hard for three months. Nothing. Cause we didn't realize that we didn't realize that having a six pack was all diet. Cause we're still eating like crap and like working out hard, but we're like, Oh, we're working out hard so we can eat what we want kind of thing. So you know, I was like 19, 20 years old. I didn't, I didn't know nothing about what's any the diet. What's the diet while you're deployed? Uh, it, honestly, it's kind of like, depends on what you can get. Yeah. Uh, there's no, a lot of, a lot of meat, a lot of bread and a lot of rice. <laughs> yeah. I love it, man. And That's then a lot, and then, and then a lot of fruit. That's the, that was pretty, I mean, it's pretty healthy stuff, but and then every now and then, you know, you get care, we'd get like care packages and be a bunch of candy bars and stuff. Yeah, so I was say, it's that. all just like, yeah, pastries <laughs> and candy bars and whatever can be shipped well. Yeah. So you got but, into CrossFit, uh, CrossFit that way. Yeah. So, well, after, after, and then one of our buddies showed us a video of the old, the old school guys back, back then they were that back then they were the guys that were competing at the CrossFit games. We just like saw a video of them. We're like, dude, all these guys are ripped. And like, this is what we need to do. So we, the next day we went in there and we designed our own workout. Took us like an hour, 15 minutes to do because we didn't know what we were doing. Just pick 10 movements, 10 rounds of 10 reps, which is insane. You're, cooked. You're absolutely cooked. Yeah. You, probably, you guys get through it? Yeah. Well, yeah, we got through it. It was, it was, it was rough. Yeah. And then when I got back, so then we started, we started just doing that stuff, not knowing what we were doing. And, uh, you know, we liked it because it was just a change of pace of stuff. And we, so then when I got back, the house that I, that I lived in or the house that I went back to in uh, Louisiana, I walked, we were driving home and I said, and I saw a CrossFit sign like right next to this CrossFit finish strong in Slidell, Louisiana. And it was, it was literally like two minutes walking from my house. And I said, cool, I'm going to go in there. And I would, for like a week, I would go in there. I didn't realize that CrossFit had like class times. So I'd go in there every single day, like go up to it, like trying to see where, see what's going on and how to like join the gym and nobody was there. So I almost gave up on trying to go there because I didn't know when the class times were. I didn't know there was a class. I didn't know what it was really. And, um, and so finally I walked in, I walked in there one day, the owner was in there working out 
and he's they're all like competitive guys that oh, now now that I know him now that I know him they're all competitive guys that I started working out with and he was just like he goes have you ever done CrossFit before and I said no but I played football I played baseball and I'm pretty active he goes oh we'll see we'll see what you got because <laughs> you know how many other people come up to him and say like yeah I was a high school athlete you know here I know what I'm doing and then they get crushed in the gym probably nine yeah. out of, 99 of 100 not even nine out of ten probably probably yeah. but i mean he was you're the only I mean, one he, <laughs> he's uh no all the all those guys if it wasn't for them if it wasn't for the uh the group of guys there to to like treat me like that to kind of like get me started and push me then i wouldn't be where i was today yeah that's right yeah. i mean hey man we all have it right like you look back yeah. there's like there's like this could be a loaded question and um you know, can always edit out if not but there's you know there's always the five or so people you look back and you're like that truly like molded you Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and I look back and I have coaches and obviously my parents, but other than your parents, like there's like four or five coaches that, and all they strength coach, couple strength coaches, couple personal coaches, you know, that have really changed me, like mentally shaped who I am today. Right. Who are those people for you? If you, if you could say them, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, obviously, obviously my, my parents, as we said that already, you said that, mm -hmm. but man, i tell you what, the, my friends that I've had going out through like that i've acquired through this uh through my navy career like those guys i mean they're just they the guys they just pushed me because they all had they had the same mindset and if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be where i was and also like the my mentors they were two brothers down there and then also another guy who i kind of started out with like they like helped me um do you want me to say their you want me to say their names if, they, if, if you legally can say it yeah, oh, yeah, no, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. So like my my buddy uh Danny Diaz, like that that dude is that dude's crazy. All right. He's 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 the one that designed all those workouts before he goes, and I was like, dude, this is a lot. He goes, We can do it. So <laughs> he like he like I'm telling you, my friends that just molded me. Then you got another buddy, Michael Hutchison. He's uh he's a good buddy of mine that like you know kept me like he just he just helped motivate, he just helped motivate me even on deployment. He was like, he's like the guy that like, when I'm feeling down, he goes, he'll be like, dude, like, look, look at this, look how far you look, how far you've come. Look at, look at how much you've accomplished. And dude, he just, you know what? You're right, dude. He gets me, he's the optimistic side of things. And then yeah. I have, uh, I have another buddy, Tori Dallas. And then the two brothers, Christian Ruiz and uh, Donovan Ruiz, those three, those three guys, like they would literally talk, talk shit to me every single day and it would just make me kind of like it would kind of force me or not force me but it would just like all right i'm gonna come for you i'm gonna get you i'm gonna get you and that's just that competitive drive so but those it. are like i mean those are just some of the to help me get to where i am now i wouldn't call them like role models but like they are they are by far you know the people the people that have kind of assisted me in my in my in my uh, crossfit career yeah. And, and, you know, CrossFit career, obviously your professional career in the Navy and, and there are pillars that you can lean on. And, and that's for me, like I, I constantly, like the one thing I try to do now, now I'm a little bit more public with finally breaking into the NFL. It's been a couple of years for me. I've been in and out, but truly last year I played, played in every game, but the first one and it was a little more public. And I tried to just go out of my way to thank everybody as much as I can, like, just because it, I'm not here without them. Like there's just no right. way. You know, for me, like, there's just no shot. Everyone says that 
you know, and, but for me as like a football player, like literally they just, those people know who they are. Like, I'm not, I wouldn't have gained weight. I wouldn't have been physical. I wouldn't have been tough. I wouldn't have been competitive. I wouldn't have been whatever resilient, um, mm-hmm. whatever those words are that it takes, it takes in any profession, especially in all, you know, ours that are a little bit more physical, uh, you know, you need an extra step, but how do you balance the physicality of your job? You know, CrossFit job, not a Navy job. I know that's a physicality with that too, Yeah. but with, you know, with work-life balance, you know, how do you, is there, is it something that you put the, put the life, you know, obviously you have your family, but the life outside the family, the life with your family, the travels, all that goes on pause for, for the Navy and for CrossFit. Um, so you talk about just like how by the, the CrossFit calendar, like, how do you balance all this? Oh. Like, how do you, how do you create, like, how do you, do you go and you get to do family trips? Like you do things. I see the CrossFit calendar. I see you competing. I see your Instagram. Like you're a moose, man. Like you're getting after it. You don't have that type of dedication. Like for me, like I'm gone six, seven months a year, you know, and my family doesn't come with me. Yeah. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm not deploying, but I'm going down to Charlotte, you know, with a mission and, and, you know, a lot of things have to sacrifice. There's a lot of people that make sacrifices for me to be able to do what I do. You know, what are some of the, you know, is that, is that a tough hurdle for you to, to swallow tough pill for you to swallow? Or that's just norm at this point. Well, it's kind of like, I mean, I'm so used, I'm kind of used to being gone a lot, so it is kind of normal. And I do like, I try to maximize family time as much as I can Uh, with the whole training career you know, that's, it's, it does, it doesn't, it doesn't come first. So it's not what, it's, it's not what pays the bills. It's not what's going to be there forever. Cause my family's going to be there forever mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, how I, I, I mean, I, I try to make time, time yeah. management is huge to me. And I even talk to people like, you know, you gotta, whenever I, people have to struggle, struggle finding time to do stuff. I go, no, there's always time. You just have to plan it out. So I like to, I like to, I'll literally sit there and I'll plan out my day kind of like, okay, if I know I'll look at my workouts and I say, okay, I can get this because I train at like three different locations. So like my work, my home, and then my affiliate um, CrossFit Kilter in uh, Illinois. So like, I'll sit there and like some equipment I don't have at other places. So I'll sit there and I'll plan it out. So, okay, I can get this piece in, get this piece in, get this piece in here. And then I can get that piece in later and I'll just sit and planned out and time management is a huge thing and then when it comes to like travel and with the family it's i don't really travel that much for uh for the cross for crossfit but like whenever i am traveling somewhere i try to find a gym that's like close by so i can maximize my time and so i can maximize my time at the gym besides uh that i have available so time management is is kind of like the big the big piece there yeah, no doubt, man. It's, it's such a, it's such a bear, especially with the family, you know, you want to make sure you're, you're getting that quality time, like you said, and then also your performance, right? You're talking about, you got to sleep, you got to eat, you got to do like for me, I don't have kids. So, right. And Cindy's yeah. working. So I'm here, I'm, I'm eating, I'm taking care of things. I'm podcasting. I got a little bit of everything going on, <laughs> but you got to go to work and actually really do a job. So I'm just, Hey man, I just have tons of respect. Um, really tons of respect for what you're doing. Appreciate so you're talking that. about pieces in, in, in CrossFit, what's your favorite one? Like, what's your favorite thing? You're like, yes, we got this on the sledgehammer today, sledgehammer today. Yes. We're doing power cleans. Yes. We're doing pull-ups. I got a mo- couple mile run. What's your favorite, favorite piece to do? Uh, I like anything gymnastics related. Really? And yep. Gymnastics related. And just cause I, I, I just think it's fun. 
And other than that, it's like front squats. Oh. I like, I like, I like lifting my, my, I like like deadlifting, back squatting and front squatting. Yeah. However, like the Olympic lifting is my weakness is, you know, I'm, I'm not, my numbers aren't, are a little bit below average compared to the others. And I'm okay with that. Um, I just know that's a weakness I got to work on, but I also, I, I don't know. I like to do everything. The only thing I don't like to do is like, like all out effort on the, on like cardio machines. I hate oh. that. Like sprints. It just, it just jacks my heart rate up and I just hate it. What's it's, the bike? What's the, what's the bike that you guys get on? I hate it. The assault bike. The worst thing on planet earth. It's, I don't know who created it, but they are not good people. They're a devil. <laughs> It's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Uh, I forget what the conditioning we had to do. We had to run like 300 when I was in college mm -hmm. and I could look it up on my phone. I forget. It drives me crazy. Cause I always talk about this all the time and I can't find it, but we had to run 300s in college. And if you couldn't run the 300s, 300s test, which was like literally from one point of the it, end zone around the field, you had, okay. to, you had, to it wasn't, it wasn't the shuttle. No, it okay. was just max effort sprint. So guys took it differently, right? Like, Guys would do, you know, they would, they would jog around and then like sprint to finish. And then like, I would literally sprint out of the blocks, literally yeah. max effort. So this is what it was. You got to make seven out of eight, three hundreds. We just had Jeremy Scott on our podcast. So I think uh -huh. this will go after Jeremy Scott, who was my strength coach with the Carolina Panthers and my strength coach at Temple where I played in college. Okay. So you have to make seven out of eight, three hundreds. This is to go to training camp. If you didn't do this, you couldn't go. And this has like really nothing to do with football. So it's like a cut. It's almost like a cut. Like, hey, you don't do this. Better luck next year. That was it, man. You could join the team when the season started. And we had guys that happened to it. It was like straight up mental warfare. And then it's what it was about. It was like, how bad you want it? So you had to make seven out of eight 300s. And if you didn't, it was eight miles in 20 minutes on the assault bike. Oh, okay. All right. I, was, I thought you were about to say running. I was like, what? Eight, <laughs> Eight miles. miles in 20 minutes. Yep. I'm trying to do some quick math in my head. Yeah, that, that, that'd be tough. But the good thing with, with the, you foot, with the football players is that assault bike is generous to the bigger people. Is like, it? it is. So wow. like, it's like, wait, I know guys that there's one guy that just did like a 50 calorie bike in 24 seconds. And the dude just, he's, he's a bigger guy. Just like so, like it, just pumping it so it's but the distance distance doesn't really equivalent to calories in a way that yeah. seems so maybe not but i just know that it pays off to be to be a little to weigh a little bit more on that thing who are some of the guys that you compete against in crossfit that you're just like yo this guy's in another world uh well when, when i competed i competed against matt fraser who was the uh five times uh fittest fittest guy in the world yeah he's a beast and so that was the online qualifier so he was, yeah. And then, I mean, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of the guys like, uh, Pat Belner. Um, I just, Sean, Sean Sweeney, Tim Paulson, uh, what uh, makes them different? What makes them stand out? Like to you, like, is it obtainable thing or just, or just God's gift? No, I, I think that everybody, if you're at that level, everybody has the mentality that it's not like this, it's a lifestyle kind of thing. And I think that's what makes all those guys stand out that, they're willing to put in the sacrifice. They're willing to put in the work, the hard work. They know they're not, they don't want to slack off there. A lot of the stuff is dialed in and, you know, it's just, they have everything in line to, to perform. And I think that's what, that's what makes 
a lot of those guys stand out. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. They're just, it's just, it's just a different, yeah. It's a lifestyle, which, you know, they're not working. Are they working like you are? Yeah. Some of them are like, I got a yeah. buddy, uh, uh, got a buddy, Brandon Luckett, who I just went up to the, uh, he was part of the 10,000 training camp that we went up there with, uh, myself. I just got back yesterday from it myself, uh, Brandon Luckett, Sean Sweeney, Tim Paulson, and Cody Anderson. And, um, Brandon Luckett has a full-time job. Tim, Tim, Cody, and Sean all own gyms. So they program for the gym. They run the gym. So they have their own business. They even do like their own online programming. So cool. they have that going for them. So like a lot of these guys, I mean, we have, we have, we have full-time jobs that we, that we, that we have to accomplish before we get to the uh, actual training stuff. What's next for CrossFit, you know, as a whole, like TV wise, like, is there a TV deals? Like, is the game growing more CrossFit games growing more? Where does it stand like, nationally? Uh, I think nas- nationally, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, you go up to Madison, the CrossFit games, and you have people from, from Russia, from China. They have so international. They have, they have, so they have a huge diversity. They're national. As far as television wise, I think last year they got a TV deal. It's not, it's not, it's, it's like an all day, it's an all day thing in this based on separate time frames. So I don't know what their plans are for that. That's way above my pay grade yeah. to know that. Uh, but as far as they just changed their, they just changed their structure to how to qualify for the CrossFit games. And it's, this is their, this is their first year doing that every year before that's been different kind of so this is your first year doing it and it makes a little bit more sense a little bit easier to follow so and they have more it has a lot it allows for more people so the different qualifying stages to get to that level it allows more people to compete for longer to possibly accomplish their goals so i think that this new format is going to stick for the longer run hopefully and i think we're going to start to see crossfit grow a lot more or as far as like the competitive side, uh, competing for the, yeah. uh, for like qualifying spots. Gyms are everywhere. That's for sure. All they my are. travels, they really are every city you can go and at least Olympic lift. And, you know, and that's for me, like, that's one of, that's a pillar for me in my training is Olympic lifting. Um, again, I don't have crazy numbers, but I firmly believe in it with, you know, mobility, flexibility, strength, functional, functional, functional movement for football, you know, really for is all of that stuff. So, I firmly believe in it and, um, you know, learned a lot from Jeremy Scott, learned a lot from Dave Feely, Joe Holman, all my strength coaches over the years. I've had some great ones, Jesse Ackerman, uh, Jeff Dillman. So, mm-hmm. uh, some great guys, but Hey man, we got to get you to a game. We got to get you to a saints paint. Maybe, you know, you guys come down to new Orleans. So I got a funny story about that. Okay. Perfect. So I live in Louisiana, right. Okay. And well, we stayed up. Light went off. All right. So I live in Louis. I live in Louisiana back then. I married into a family of Saints fans. So did I. So I was coached. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're 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 okay. They're they're good. They're they're cool. They're they're yeah. probably one of the better Saints fans. But um, except for my my brother in law will just sit there and talk smack to me all game. But anyway, so um, so I scored tickets to the to the uh to the Saints Panthers games. At the uh, at the Superdome, from somebody, I got four tickets. So I brought I brought my my father in law, my brother in law, and my nephew. And they were they were. I'm wearing my Panthers jersey, and I'm sitting there screaming in the Superdome. 
and we're sitting with a bunch of season ticket holders because I got I got tickets from from uh, from some guy at the gym who has season tickets. And all the Saints fans turned to my to my uh, my family and was just like, "Who brought the Carolina fan?" And I was and they're like, "Actually, the Carolina fan brought us." So <laughs> there you go. But I got I got to watch I got to watch the game. It didn't end up it didn't end up the way I was hoping, but I would like to see the Saints try this year to get us. That's right, man. I agree. Listen, we got to get you down to a game, get you to New Orleans. I'd love to have you. Um, that'd be awesome. Get the Not For Long Media connection going. We got a couple other Not For Long Media guests coming to games this year. So, listen, man, I, I really appreciate your time. You're obviously an extremely busy man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your service. Good luck with what's next CrossFit-wise, and, and we really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. We really appreciate all our sponsors, Fuel Hunt, The Original Fudge Kitchen, Shots and Giggles, Kate May Brewing Company, and Wealth Advisory Services. We'd like to welcome Actions Over Words to our family here at Not For Long Media. It all started with a $5 bill and a vision to change the world at age 17 when my friend Alec Levin of Cape May, New Jersey, started Actions Over Words when he was just a young high school kid. Uh, now he's 23 years old, and he donates $5 back to the charity of Actions Over Words Choice. They change their charities every few months. And they're a family there. Everyone who supports Action Over Words movement is a part of the family forever. We are more than an apparel company. We are a movement and we strive to use actions instead of our words to make the world a better place to live $5 at a time. So to this date, Actions Over Words movement has helped over $14,000 donated to charities. So kudos to you guys. Really excited to, got, to have you a part of our team. That's actionsoverwordsapparel.com. And then check them out on Instagram at actionsoverwordsapparel. Really cool stuff. And it's a local product. They're raising money for a bunch of really cool foundations. Check out their website. You can learn more. Shout out to you guys at Actions Over Words. It's the fire.